0: This is the IBJ Podcast for the week of January 22nd, 2024, brought to you by Taft. I'm your host, Mason King. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. At least as far back as the 2012 Super Bowl, Indianapolis has built a reputation, not just for its excellence in stitching together all of the elements of large sports events, but also for finding ways to weave the work of local artists and craftspeople into the fabric of the event. For the NBA All-Star Weekend set for February 15th to the 18th, local organizers hit on a way to put a distinctly Hoosier spin on the areas downtown that will host the most visitors, playing off of the concept of Hoosier hysteria. Now, if you're not from Indiana, and our podcast analytics indicate we have listeners from around the world, Hoosier hysteria refers to the state's fervor for high school basketball, especially during tournament time. Here's the idea create 24 giant fiberglass basketballs that would act as blank canvases for 24 artists. On the balls, they would paint scenes related to the people, places, and specific games we most associate with Hoosier hysteria. So, obviously, The Mile and Miracle is on the list, the 1954 state championship that inspired the movie Hoosiers. And there's a ball dedicated to the legendary 1955 champions from Crispus Attucks High School, the first all black squad to win an open state championship in the nation. You'll also see balls referencing the annual Indiana, Kentucky game, the effect of Title IX on high school basketball and the never ending debate over class basketball. The project is called Hoosier Historia. And for this week's edition of the IBJ podcast, I took my trusty recorder to the warehouse where artists are working on their pieces before they're deployed in the Mile Square. I talked to several of the artists who in some cases were chosen for their close personal connections to the schools they're depicting. We also hear from organizer Julia Muni Moore of the Arts Council of Indianapolis about the challenges of mounting a large scale public art project In February, in Indianapolis, that will only be displayed for a handful of days before dispersing across the state. Here's our conversation. It's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast Julia Muni Moore, the Director of Public Art at the Arts Council of Indianapolis. Thanks for inviting us over today. Oh, thanks for coming. So let's set the scene, uh, Just tell listeners where we are and what we see in this uh, cavernous space.
1: <laughs> we are in a warehouse in downtown Indianapolis, right next to the Stutz Building. And you are surrounded by 17 very large basketball sculptures, some of which are in the process of being painted, some of which are completed. This is all for the Hoosier Historia project related to the NBA All-Star event. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, and some are finished. uh, Extremely colorful. Some of them are in process. When will these be deployed downtown?
1: We are going to be installing them between the 14th and the 15th of February. And we have very little time to set out 24 sculptures in several large trucks. Um, And we'll do the best we can (laughs) in downtown traffic.
0: (laughs) And, And where should people expect to find them?
1: Um, you can find them at all of the All-Star venues. So you'll be able to find them at the Convention Center, at the Gamebridge Fieldhouse, um, at the, the Convention Center, at Lucas Oil Stadium, but you'll also be able to find them along Washington Street. You'll see several of them on Meridian Street, on Illinois Street, and then you'll also see them on the southern half of Monument Circle. And then you'll see them in other places around town. There'll be one at the airport, there'll be one at the Transit Center. So as you're coming downtown, you'll run into them.
0: So let's take a quick look around. Let's talk to some of the artists sure. if we can. Let's uh, we'll just get sure. up and go.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, here we go. Who do we have here?
1: <laughs> this is Becky Hookalter. She's actually visiting us from Terre Haute. She does not live in Indianapolis, and that's what I love about this project: is we have artists from all over the state working.
0: Okay. Could you tell us a little bit about this? I know that you were given like an idea or a concept or an event to illustrate. What was it?
2: Uh, the story that I'm illustrating is The Milan Miracle, and it's the true story behind the movie Hoosiers, which a lot of people, are, especially people in Indiana, are very familiar with. And so this is the 1954 championship, the, the Milan high school team, the underdogs, the small school um, coming back to win this big championship um, that they would never won before. So it's kind of a real inspiring story, and it's very... Uh, I feel like it's it's very energetic, an energetic story. So I'm trying to portray some of that energy with the scenes that I have on this ball. I've got I've got kind of a crowd scene I'm working on right now. Cheerleaders in in front, the Milan High School cheerleaders, and on the other side is um, a great photo of the winning team, the Milan team, and you know they're all very energetic and smiling and you know fists in the air and cheering and so there there's just a lot of energy behind some of this imagery that i've got on the ball
0: yeah and i see you have some reference uh photographs here I, i'm guessing some of the students at the time some of the cheerleaders yes,
2: i actually contacted the um Milan museum in Milan, indiana they have an entire um, Milan miracle museum And so I contacted the museum and they were able to provide some fantastic reference photos of, um, these scenes that I was trying to depict and was really looking for some nice crisp images of, and of course it's all black and white, so my ball is, is a monochromatic theme. It's kind of golds, Myland school colors were gold and black. So I've got some golds and blacks and grays going on and really trying to give it that historic, nostalgic feel. Mm
0: -hmm. Here's the thing that when I started thinking about the project that I had trouble wrapping my brain around, like everybody gets what a mural is and everyone can kind of paint their own mural. How do you, is it difficult to paint a sphere?
2: It is difficult. There's a lot of challenge with the um, distortion. I've got a bit of experience working on fiberglass sculptures like this. I've done quite a few Coke bottles. Terre Haute is home uh, birthplace of the Coke bottle design. So um, in Terra Haute, we've, we've done a whole series of Coke bottles. So mm. that is a very extremely distorted shape. So I've got a, a bit of experience with that. The one nice thing about these basketballs is that we have some really large panels to work with that wow. give us some space to to really tell the story
0: but i see here and i didn't see this initially when i walked in you have the basketball seams to work with yes i mean that and that they do kind of create a sense of panels but they're you know they're not square
2: (laughs) yes and and each artist is handling that differently i've kind of used them on my design as a frame on the sides Um, other artists are completely you know Hiding those lines or kind of going outside of those bounds. Other artists have really um, Defined the lines and and you know we've got an artist who's making the ball look um, really like an old basketball. So um, Another artist is making it look more like steel and has added some some stud details. So uh, It's really cool to see all the different approaches to that basketball shape.
0: How long do you think uh, this whole the painting part of it is gonna take?
2: My goal is two weeks. Oh my gosh. Um, I started Sunday, so we'll see what happens. I'm gonna paint as fast as I can. (laughs) But I really, uh, I'm always about making sure that it is what I intended for it to be. So if it takes a little bit longer than that, you know, to accomplish what I'm trying to do here, then, you know, so be it. But um, of course, uh, my, my ball has a lot of detail, so. There's a lot yet to come.
0: Right on. Well, thank you. Um, I'm I'm gonna move over next to you because this is the one that I probably recognize the best. Yes. This is uh, obviously about John Wooden. And here is the artist. Sir, would you recognize yourself? (laughs) (laughs) My
3: my name is Andre Parnell. Mm
0: -hmm. And you obviously were given the assignment of All Things Wooden.
3: Indeed, yeah. indeed. Actually, not all things wooden, um, and and that's that's where I had to edit myself. All things wooden are incredible. You know, I almost wanted to create a retrospective of his <laughs> lifetime, but we pared down to a high school career. He he was both a teacher and he was both a uh, a student athlete. So. Incredible, incredible teacher. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so what have you decided to use as imagery on the ball?
3: Imagery, it, what, I, what I chose to do, this, this is like a picture book. We think of Wooden as like an old master. So already the style kind of harkens to an older style, kind of authentic uh, portrait. I, I, wanted to, I wanted it to be a memorial, so to speak kind of as if you took a picture book and spilled it across the table. You know, you get his mother, you get his wife, you get his dad and brothers, you get pictures and vignettes and, and that's that's exactly what I'm doing here. Okay,
4: cool. Who are you, sir? <laughs> well, my name is Felix Maldonado, AKA Flex. I hail from the city of East Chicago, Indiana.
0: And uh, this has a special uh, meaning for you because you're from
4: this area. Am.
0: What is what is the story that that you took on?
4: Well, the story here is the uh, uh, the story of the East Chicago Washington High School Senators uh, going all the way uh, undefeated back in 1971. This represents the story of the day that they uh, they won their championship um, through the visuals of uh, <coughs> uh, that you see here with the logo, uh, the team that that went all the way. Um, the coach that uh, coached that team as well as the actual, um, event tournament ticket. So kind of to me, like, uh, what I wanted to do was I wanted to create sort of a little history lesson, uh, so that when the spectators and people come and see, they can get a little bit of a learning history from. So the palette here is,
0: uh, is very pink and yes. there's a uh, I don't know if you want to call that the background, mm-hmm. but the base. Uh, looks like steel yes and yes. i'm guessing i know why in, that is <laughs> it's
4: intentional yes and then you probably might have guessed right uh we we come from the uh northwest indiana region which is basically the steel the steel mill industry you know we, we got all the steel mills up there so uh i just found it very fitting uh to uh, be able to incorporate the uh the region uh through uh um the background by uh Incorporating steel mills, <clears throat> the the silver background which represents the steel mills, as well as the rivets that I, I added to the ball to make it look like it's 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 a you know it's riveted and, and uh, made out of steel.
0: This so, logo is uh, something I've never seen before. I mean, it's a it's a top hat.
4: Yeah, with, pretty uh, classic. With huh? a pair of white gloves. Yeah, is that <laughs> that was the school's logo? <laughs> that was their logo, and uh, you know they they're very proud of it. So. Uh, yeah they uh oh they were the senators the okay, senators. That makes mm-hmm. sense yeah, yeah. wow yeah. um
0: were you alive when they
4: i was born when they won so 1971 okay. is the year i was born so yeah it's it's
0: yeah it's been a while is this something that is still discussed
4: uh in chicago not, not. I mean, you know, now that we have see, because the story behind East Chicago's uh, basketball is that there's two high. There were there were two high schools at the time, mm. uh, one from the Harbor side, which was the East Chicago Washington Senators, and then in the actual East Chicago side, which is the uh, uh, Roosevelt High School Rough Riders. Mm. So there was two schools. So they are they were pretty much rivals within their own town. That eventually went away when they knocked them down and created one big school. Um, which is now called Chicago Central High. yeah so uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I managed to catch some of the growing up I, 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 I lived about a block away from Roosevelt so I was able to witness all their you know the cool sports, their football games and their parades and all that stuff. so it was they were very nice schools, both of them. Um, I just they just felt that they needed to merge the schools so yeah yeah.
0: Well, it looks fantastic. Thank are, you. Are you close, do you think, or are you slow? I more?
4: believe I'm about 65, 70% done. So I got about a couple more days, but I, I'm, I'm in the groove now and I'm, you know, amongst all this talent. So, uh, you know, it pressures me to do my, <laughs> do my best and, and as fast as I can. So
0: right yeah, on. I'm here. Okay, thank yeah.
4: you. All right, thank you.
0: Great. And this is Kevin? Mm-hmm.
1: This is Kevin Wilson. Hi, hey, sir.
0: Kevin, how are you? I'm Mason King with Mason, the IBJ. How are you, sir? I am fine. And you got Maddox.
5: Christmas Maddox, 1954? 55. 55. 55, yeah. yeah. Right. 55. Chuck Mangione
0: can <laughs> go away. <laughs> uh, so obviously the Tigers, I mean, this is the first thing that you see. Uh, yeah. It is, a, it is a Tiger with... Was that the actual iconography that they used at the time? Oh, yeah. It looked exactly yeah, like that? As a that? matter of
5: fact, they called them the Flying Tigers. Okay. Because those guys were playing above the rim even then. Yeah, right. So, yeah, they called them the Flying Tigers, and I figured... With everything on here, this is the first thing I'm really trying to get control of. I think as artists, we choose something that we're trying to get control of. Mm-hmm. I just finished drawing up everything last night and started experimenting with colors and things like that. But I want to get control of this and then move forward. Gotcha. Yeah.
0: yeah so I see, that, I mean, you have some of the players' faces. I'm guessing this Oscar Robertson. Yeah, there's Oscar uh, sketched right there.
5: Yeah. And the reason why is because I actually spoke with. Um, about four players from Attucks that played in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And one thing that they told me that I did not realize was that out of all the years and all the players that came through Attucks, he was the only one that made it to the NBA. I was thinking about that He's last the night, actually. only one that made it to the NBA. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just hadn't really even thought about that at the time. This is a picture of the team um, when they won the championship hosting up Coach Ray Crow. Right. As a matter of fact. And then- this picture's in the Hall of Fame, I think. I'm not sure if it is or not, but I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't doubt it. So, so this is sketched out over here, uh-huh. and you had a whole other panel over here. Yeah, like I said, I just finished sketching it out last night. I came in here last night about a quarter to nine. I think it was about 3.30 when I left in the morning. Okay. And so I like being here that time. The building talks, but... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is the championship trophy, nineteen fifty five. Okay. And first black team in the nation to win a state championship. And there you go. So I okay. said I just uh I'm just trying to get control of it right now. Are you from Indianapolis? I am from Indianapolis. My grandfather, my mother, her sister, myself, my three siblings and about nine of my cousins all went through Raddocks. Is that right? Okay. And, yeah, and that's really with Miss Kay Clay. You remember Miss Clay? Mm-hmm. Is really where I honed a lot of my artistic skills. So she was an art teacher there. And she really Kay Clay was? Us. Yes, she was. I took
0: watercolor from Kay Clay at the Indianapolis Art Center. Okay.
5: That's yeah. funny. Wow, that was yes. probably 50 years ago. Yes. She was my art teacher. That's awesome. And my brothers and my cousins. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Uh, so, yeah. Wow.
0: And um, did I understand correctly? I mean, you kind of lobbied to do this one? Yes, I did.
5: Yeah. I really did. This is where my heart was. Okay. This is definitely where my heart was.
0: Right. How is it going? What is, what is it like to actually be painting on this spherical surface?
5: <sighs> the, the sphere, it is a challenge. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to lie. It is a challenge. But I always say we're creative people, and we create a way to make things happen, and we figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, because these colors were completely experimental, this has got to come out. That orange has got to come out. <laughs> so I, was I was am doing some experiment with it you know you can see my sketches over there yeah um I forgot to ask like <laughs> I'm
0: assuming that somebody's like oh I messed up can I get another ball that that would not happen no,
5: you just paint right over it right you just paint right over, just over just it just exactly <laughs> you pain right just paint right over it you <laughs> okay. know because like I said I'm doing some experimentation and he said I'll feel better once I get control of that tiger yeah I'm on my way well and this and is
0: great because I mean addicts obviously still exists. Uh-huh. Uh, and so they potentially could t- display this at the high school.
5: Yeah. Yeah, they thing. could. Okay. They could. So, they like said, these are just the first steps, and I've got a long way to go. I'm supposed to be finished by the 27th. I just started Friday. Okay. Last Friday, I based it all, you know. And then, I, like I said, it just took me a while to get everything drawn up. Mm-hmm. And I started painting. I was so anxious to start painting last night. That's why I stayed so late. Yeah. And so I'll probably take a break and I'll probably come back in later again and stay to about 2 or 3 in the morning.
1: Right. Oh, and that's why we have the warehouse yes. is so yeah. that, you know, artists come and go 24-7. Everyone has 24 artists. They all have different schedules. They all have, you know, it's like we just wanted a place where they could, you know, follow their their own timeline and their own heart. If you wanted mm-hmm. to come in at 2 in the morning, come in at 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm.
5: All right. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: best of luck to you. Thank this you, looks sir. great. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. This is the IBJ podcast. Taft, today's modern law firm. With more than 800 attorneys in eight primary Midwest markets and the District of Columbia, we provide solutions to the business issues facing middle market and emerging companies alike. We do this through a highly collaborative and inclusive team approach. Taft, the
5: modern law firm. To learn more, visit taftlaw.com.
0: All right, we're back with this week's edition of the IBJ podcast in our discussion of the Hoosier Historia Project that will be front and center in downtown Indy during All-Star Weekend next month. Here again is Julia Munimore of the Arts Council of Indianapolis. So, Julia, how did this come about? Uh, was this something that was originally planned for the 2021 All-Star Game, or did this idea kind of germinate uh, after that one was canceled and then rescheduled.
1: it was it was in the reschedule um, after um, the team the host committee team had gone and seen a couple of different um, ways that other cities had hosted the game uh, they came back and said how can we make this spectacular and one of the things that they thought that we needed to do is to tell stories about why basketball is so special in Indiana when it's just a game anywhere else and the best way to do that is to tell the stories in a way that's really going to grab people emotionally rather than just, you know, in a social media post. I mean, and it has to be big. If you notice, these are larger than people size. And when you're confronted with something that big right in your face and it's a story that you feel very emotionally connected to, that's going to extend to the entire surrounding event. And that's how they hit upon this particular sculpture. I mean, we talked about other things. We talked about some murals. We talked about commissioning artists to do it. But the idea of having these sculptures made and making them physical, where you can walk around it and you can't just pass by them because they are, are... obvious and then also having people learn. I mean, most people that are coming here do not know all of the stories. They know the one that they they know. They know maybe Crispus Attucks. They know maybe the and Miracle because of Hoosiers. But beyond that, you know, if they're not from here, they don't know what it means. And this is what we wanted to show.
0: When I mentioned this project to my wife, the first thing she said was, oh, it's like cows on parade in Chicago. Is that a decent <laughs> reference point? It is. Point? It is.
1: There, there was a, um, there was a time when every city had to do a big fiberglass thing and have artists paint it. And it did start with the cow parades in Chicago. Nice. It started with uh, I, I've seen ponies in Tucson. Um, I, You know, Coke bottles in Terre Haute, here in Indiana, we did Bison for the state Bicentennial <laughs> in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a long history, Relative, it's new, but it is a history of doing these kinds of things. And I always choke that I thought I would get through my entire, so far, 25-year career in public art, never having to coordinate one of these projects. <laughs> And here I am (laughs) and it's basketball.
0: (laughs) It's funny how it almost became kind of an albatross because I lived in Chicago at that time and then for years after and and every year was like, well, what are we going to do this year? And the ideas just got sort of more and more far afield and it just seemed in the end like more of a millstone than anything else.
1: Yeah. And I had thought that these because these had kind of backed off a little bit in public art world and they're actually coming back now because there's a new generation of people who are doing tourism and people who are doing events and people who are doing public art that did not have that cow Parade experience where it was super popular and it was something that you had to do. Um, and I kind of like it. I mean, I kind of like that it's, it's, but I think it's, it's a bit fresher right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So what is common to each one of these? I guess maybe the, the real question is, what are these made
1: out of? They are made out of fiberglass. Um, so they are molded in pieces and then the pieces are attached together with essentially bondo and then they are um, coated um, with a primer a very thick kind of primer paint
0: but they need to be custom made they do yeah.
1: yeah so the place that we're getting them done uh it's in nebraska it's called fiberglass animals and objects they supply probably about two-thirds of these to projects all over the country um, and it's a small family-owned business which is really interesting that the way that they're able to turn out the volume um, it is a very small operation but they do amazing work I mean they they produce these for all kinds of projects and some of them they have stock ones so if you needed a cow or if you needed a certain kind of animal they have that but they didn't have a basketball mm. so this was absolutely 100% custom.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And are these perfect spheres, or are they a little bit different? You said, for example, like they're six feet across?
1: Yeah, right? so they're they're five feet across, but at the bottom, they're kind of truncated a little bit, because mm. you have to imagine the bottom of the ball sitting in the base. So they're mostly round with a little flat on the bottom. Mm-hmm because they set there on kind of a three level base, kind of almost like a, like those baseballs, those like um, collectible baseballs right. that you sit them in a little thing and then put a little glass case mm-hmm. over. It's kind of like that.
0: Do you know how much each one of these weighs?
1: Um, they are 110 pounds, but when we put them out on the street, um, there's a tray that gets filled with sandbags and mm-hmm. then the sculpture gets bolted on top of that. It, so it's going to exceed 300 pounds when it's out there. Yeah.
0: So when the inevitable 50 mile an hour winds <laughs> sweep through exactly. Indianapolis and February. Exactly. OK, cool. And is this was this specifically a, a project of the Arts Council of Indianapolis or if you can just kind of tell me who yeah. is in charge of this?
1: Yeah. So this was generated by the NBA All-Star Host Committee, um, and it is a joint effort of the Indiana Pacers and the Capital Improvement Board. So they jointly funded it. And at the end of the project, the Capital Improvement Board is going to own the sculptures and then they can do whatever they want with it. And I think what they're gonna end up doing is, I believe that the schools that are represented in these stories have um, the first right of refusal for Mm -hmm. receiving their sculptures. And so the CIB would transfer ownership. So if Muncie Central wants theirs, if Franklin wants the one about the Franklin Wonder Five, they can absolutely come and get it take it away <laughs> <laughs> and the CIB will transfer ownership
0: what was the budget for this whole project
1: altogether it was um, over two hundred thousand dollars
0: okay yeah. and and I know the artists I think their commission is six thousand mm-hmm. each so that almost gets you to a hundred mm-hmm. and so the materials and everything yes. else yes all that gets you to a little more than 200
1: yeah a little more than two hundred thousand. because you know we you know commissioning the sculptures is was one fee the artist fees are another we have some costs such as you know hiring the trucks to transport them and set them around Um, we had some other expenses um we had some expense budgeted for the warehouse space where they're going to be placed Um, so yeah there are a lot of a lot of things that are part of this project but the the two biggest expenses were purchasing the sculptures and paying the artists
0: so a call went out to recruit artists it was it early 2023
1: correct yes
0: okay and then what would make an artist eligible for this project
1: well they had to have a really strong connection to indiana so living here now lived here previously uh, grew up in indiana went to high school in indiana those kinds of things so we really didn't want someone coming from outside indiana with their own idea of what indiana high school basketball was about we really wanted people who felt it because they were from here and i am not from here so in a certain sense i don't feel it but it's not my job (laughs) it's not i'm not painting these you know i'm here to just make sure that everybody else feels that so and that was really the only and then from there, they had to be able to um, convey a sense of story with their artwork um, and then also have a, a unique style of their own.
0: Yeah. But I mean, most of them, I mean, just looking around, I mean, it's sort of figurative, but I mean, very imaginative, very colorful.
1: Yes. And that. that's one of the things that we wanted to make sure is that the artists brought a sense of interpretation that they weren't just going to take oh you know here's a photograph that was in the newspaper of the shot that won a particular game or here is a, a posed portrait of this individual who you know won the first indiana mr basketball because those are very very easily accessible right and what we really wanted is what artists bring to things which is that interpretation so there's a story that everyone knows but Most artists can find the story behind the story because there's parts of it that's going to resonate with them. And that's what we wanted. We wanted artists who would bring their own interpretation, their own history, their own sense of of composition, and their own ideas of what they felt was the most interesting and important part of the story.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. You would accept uh, or look at an artist... Who didn't live in Indiana? If they went to high school in Indiana, correct? Is there, are there any yes. any of the finalists? No. Okay. No, we had
1: applicants. <laughs> they did not make it uh, to no. the final twenty-four.
0: And also, you could do groups of artists yes um is there any one of these uh, or multiples that were done by more than one person um
1: no they're all more than one person I know there are a couple of artists who um, kind of invited people in to kind of give them a hand just on a technical basis uh, mm-hmm. to because they only could be in the space for a limited amount of time and they just needed to you know move things through so they had basically they drew the lines <laughs> and hired another artist <laughs> what happened I <laughs> And, oh okay uh, folks a, a stool
0: collapsed um
1: and you know <laughs> hired another artist to come in and, and oh. just basically color in the lines because you right. know they were in a time bind but yeah. They, yeah. we really didn't have we didn't have any teams in this particular group
0: yeah it's not like like the scenario that you're anticipating maybe would be a group of high school students yes yeah, yeah. That, as long as they had um an older you know, yes. supervisor or ringleader, yes. it would be yes. okay but yes. you didn't have any we did <laughs> okay. not we okay. did not all right and then, so the commission uh, again was $6,000 mm-hmm. for each one. Um, so. Was there any uh, effort to match the artist with subject matter?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we wanted to make sure that the artists, if they had an emotional connection, that we did that. So the first thing we did is we asked all the artists when they applied, What's your connection to Indiana basketball? How did you grow up? What's your favorite story you know so we had that going in and that was part of the selection process for choosing the group of artists but then we went back after we selected the artists and said here are the stories are there any that you feel a personal connection with and why so we started with what the artists wanted and then some artists are like well I don't have a particular connection to any of these stories but I do know here's another story so we it was it enabled us to do a matching process and then there are some artists that really claimed one, like the artist who do who did the um, the mascots story. He was like, I want to do those mascots. I feel I want to make sure that people know how nutty and crazy and zany some of these high school mascots actually are.
0: Oh, I, I can actually see it across the room. It says yes. unique mascots. Yes.
1: And so we can we can head over there and and take a look if you want and i can point out some of the the, okay let's take a look at some of these and i think what's really interesting is not we didn't give the artist a list of the schools and their crazy mascots he actually did the research and picked his own and some of them were ones that we would have picked up anyway but most of them were his suggestion like the speedway spark plugs
0: Oh my God, I didn't know the Speedway had that mascot, the the spark plug. They they
1: were the spark plugs. Okay. Um, The the hot dogs, I forgot. And again, I I didn't grow up here, so I don't know what these are. But the hot dogs, I think that's Mm. a well-known one. The Jeeps is not really one that I know, and I couldn't tell you where that was. It looks like a bear with boxing gloves. It does. (laughs) And so I think the artist was also inspired by not just the funny names, but when you go to a game and you have that mascot in the costume what that looks like because they don't necessarily match um what the actual names are so we have the apple boys which as one i was not familiar with the cavemen so these are all, you know, the pioneers. These are all really cool. <laughs> um, and he just said, oh, let me have this one. The cannons. <laughs> yes. Is the there like an ammunition
0: dump somewhere nearby? I don't
1: know, maybe. Um, <laughs> I know. Well, one of the ones that didn't make it because I, I actually wanted to, to see him choose that one. And of course mm-hmm. there's limited space, so we couldn't do them all. But in Hope, Indiana, the high school down in Hope, I believe it's the, the hawsers because of jets. Oh sure, and yeah. so I think that was that's pretty interesting, and um, you know, but the artist completely chose the mascots that he wanted. Oh, okay,
0: to, so he did. To
1: so we did not- nothing was OLS. assigned. No, okay, we just said pick the ones that you want.
0: Okay, so the twenty-four I we refer to them as stories. Yes, how were those chosen? Because I mean, you, know, you
3: get 100 so a hundred users in the room, you I can know. get a
0: hundred like most. Important yeah, two hundred stories. stories. <laughs>
1: yeah, well. I was actually I was on the committee to select the stories, but I did not contribute very much because not growing up here, not being you know a high school basketball mm. fan, I didn't I couldn't come at it from that perspective. But there were a lot of coaches, former coaches, former players, people from the Indiana High School um, Hall of Fame, people from the IHSAA, they all got in a room and probably mm. spent four to three or four sessions just generating stories. And then those stories were narrowed down to a list of fifty, which we called the the short list because there were originally about two hundred. And the the goal of that fifty was to portray stories from um, a range of time periods, so that like weren't all from the last twenty years. Right. You know, we wanted to cover the state we wanted to make sure it was very diverse. So we had black teams, we had rural teams, we had urban teams, we had, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and several uh, women players. Yes, yeah. a number
1: of women players and the stories that really were impactful. And then when it was culled down to 50, it went out to the public and the public voted and they got about 10,000 votes. Wow. And then this is the, this is the result. Okay,
0: so you got to 24. Yes. and then, So you assign the 24 stories and then do the artists submit some Initial, you know, concept designs. Yes. So each
1: artist had to do a design and we reviewed the designs and we adjusted them. We actually sent the designs to people who were kind of expert at these stories. And they are people from the High School Basketball Hall of Fame and the IHSAA to say, well, you know, they're emphasizing something that, you know, maybe wasn't or that was something that was actually factually incorrect. And so they they kind of gave some feedback that said, let's do this, let's do that. And most of the designs went through but there were a few that had to be adjusted you know and those were mostly the ones where it was a school that the artist wasn't familiar with and a story that the artist wasn't familiar with they did some research the archives of ihsaa and the high school basketball hall of fame were open to them some artists did a lot some artists did some some artists did google searches and Mm. then they came up with these images and stories on their own to create these designs
0: right yeah you know if not that this would ever happen but if the artist who was assigned the mile and miracle didn't have bobby plump exactly know, shooting a 14 footer exactly from the top of the key yeah that would, so that would be bad
1: that would be very <laughs> bad but we didn't want to also we didn't want to um play into people's expectations yeah. but there are certain things that had to be there and the one i can remember is the indiana kentucky Again, the mm. one thing everyone remembers about that Indiana-Kentucky series that happens every year, it's an annual, it's this, you know, the cross Ohio River rivalry, is that there were the red uniforms and the blue uniforms. Yeah. And I can't remember offhand who was who, but when the artist did the original sketch, the uniforms were not those colors. Gotcha. And so it was very important, and that's where the historians came in and said, it's super important that one of the team, that it has to be, the blue and the red uniforms, because that's what people do. And so the artist changed that.
0: So then the balls start coming in from the family business. Yes. And instead of shipping the ball to the artist, uh, the balls come here and exactly. the artist comes here. Exactly. <laughs> to paint.
1: Yes. And this is, uh, this is very unusual. Um, from most projects that do this, they get dropped. It gets dropped off at the artist's studio, mm-hmm. but then you have to worry about, can the artist studio handle it? We knew this was going to be in, you know, cold weather. You can't really paint outside. Mostly it gets painted outside for most other projects. You know, it was just so much easier for us to have it delivered to a central location and to have the artist come yeah. here. And we could control the temperature. We could provide electricity. We could provide lighting. And the the communal aspect of it is something that I always like to infuse in my projects whenever possible. And yeah. so this was a perfect example.
0: Awesome. So when did they start painting here
1: they started painting the beginning of december okay um intended to be a little earlier but our our project was delayed there was some kind of a discrepancy with the project ahead of ours and so ours was delayed
0: okay. oh and i forgot that so who is covering the budget
1: uh the cib and the pacers
0: okay yeah got it okay well that makes sense yeah because yes. the cib would yes. take uh take ownership so We will assume the worst because if we assume the worst, the best will happen. It's going to be... There's going to be a hellacious blizzard (laughs) during (laughs) All-Star Weekend. Uh, How do you protect these works of art if they're outside?
1: They're all clear-coated. That's part of the artist's job is to clear-coat them. So they are several several coats of clear-coat that are weatherproof. They only Mm -hmm. have to be out for four days. Right. It'll be fine.
0: Okay. So people should not come down a week after the...
1: Also no. we can say,
0: hey, what happened to the basketballs? No,
1: no, they, the, the basketballs are going to be only in place for the all-Star weekend, and then they're getting removed um, to an indoor location so that they can, they can rest and then if there's any repairs that are needed that they, they can be repaired. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, um, they can withstand the, you know, for the transportation two ways and the four days that they're going to be out there.
0: Okay, so they're okay for they that limited okay. amount of time. They okay. are okay. Great. So have they secured commitments yet from the high schools that who who would have at least first dibs on mm. this, or is this kind of an ongoing process? It's
1: an ongoing process. We have heard from Muncie Central, they want theirs, absolutely. So that's the first one we're working on. But mm. uh, yeah, they are. it is open, and that is actually somebody else's job to maintain that. <laughs> My job is to just get them to where they're living and then somebody else picks them up from there.
0: <laughs> uh, if somebody doesn't want theirs, uh, would it be in your office? <laughs> and, no, <laughs> <the ourselves>?
1: <laughs> <laughs> if, if it, um, the, the CIB has a storage space and so okay. they would be brought out for different events at different times. I mean, I imagine that for mm. the championship that they would come out as they, you know, as many of them remain from yeah. year to year. And, you know, I would hope that different schools would want to mm-hmm. come out, but we're not saying, okay, you have to get here in two months or else we're gonna trash it. I don't think these will ever be trashed.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, as as the head of public art for the council, uh, so there have been a lot of projects that you've been involved in Mm -hmm. managing, spearheading, Mm -hmm. and I'm sure that when you see them finally taking shape, it's maybe not exactly what you thought. What has surprised you about this, seeing, like, being in a room like this and seeing all of these balls together?
1: I think I intellectually knew how big they were, but I think until you're standing next to them, you really don't know how big they are. I think that's the most amazing. Delivery day when the blank ones show up is extremely exciting because you have this trailer truck that just backs into the, the, we have an enclosed dock in the warehouse. When this backs up in the enclosed dock and they start coming off the back of the trailer is super exciting, super exciting. And they're just blank. And white and just full of potential. That's that's very exciting yeah. to
0: me. Yeah, you have to be happy though. I mean, yeah, just looking around at the finished ones, for example, yeah. and the ones that are in process. Yeah, you can't you can't really conceive of it exactly <laughs> no, how, really, how it's going to feel.
1: You really can't. And I think the other thing that's very interesting um, are some of the stories that are coming out. And as we talk to the artists as they're doing that, you start to hear the stories of what their involvement has been and their story of when when they first got assigned their story and how they got to a design and then how they got to the painting is so unique to each artist and they love telling that story so i just love coming to the warehouse and seeing who's painting and just chatting with them i mean that's the best literally the best part of my job you know i i you know, the only so thrilled as you can get about filing permits and you know doing transportation plans. This is this is why this is why I do what I do.
0: <laughs> right on. Well, I cannot wait to come down on All Star Weekend with my family and, and check them all out.
1: It's going to be amazing.
0: Well, thanks so much for taking all right, time. You're welcome. My thanks again to Julia Munimore and all of the artists who shared time for us while they worked on their projects. And folks, before you get on with the rest of your week, there are a few stories in the latest issue of IBJ I want to bring to your attention. First up, finding one's way into Gamebridge Fieldhouse on February the 18th for the flagship event of NBA All-Star Weekend will cost a pretty penny if any tickets can be found at all. Vicky Shuey explores the forces that drive even the lowest ticket prices sky high and make private suites harder to come by for local sponsors. Also in this week's issue, Taylor Wooten explains how the fight against a large industrial project planned on former farmland on the south side of Indianapolis has snowballed into an environmental advocacy flashpoint. And John Russell takes stock of the surge in large philanthropic gifts to Indiana not-for-profits in 2023 as 79 individual donors gave $348.7 million. And again, you can find these stories in the latest print edition of IBJ, or online at ibj.com. And thanks again for making time this week for the IBJ podcast. I'm Mason King. Hang in there, everybody. We'll be back again next week.